if you look at New South Wales, uh, so any doctor that prescribes uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin for COVID-19 patients gets sentenced to jail for six months. Government tells you why, because it encourages vaccine hesitancy. Uh, the way I like to say it is the primordial serpent has many heads. And Pfizer and its head, Orla, is nothing more than just the serpent or, or, the, or the distilled salation product of true evil. And it's on that that Judean Christian morality is built. The Ten Commandments, right? I mean, no one's denying that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And, and basically, most of the, especially this country, was built on these godly values. These were the Jews that went away from their God-given task and used their potential to squander and create a lot of evil. Not the only ones, there's plenty of bad people in every group. I am not an apologist for Jews that are badly behaved. However, to all the anti-Semites who tried to use that to vilify and destroy the Jewish people, I might have a very big gun for you. Don't, don't use this as an opportunity to pounce and exude your hatred. At least I have some degree of honesty to look into my own people and say and criticize them. So by the way, out of love for my people, uh, I would say 90% of the Jewish leadership are corrupt. Before we get into this show, I want to share with you the Z-Stack, a powerful immunity-building vitamin pack formulated by Dr. Zelenko, the founder of the Zelenko Protocol. Many of you may have seen my interview with Dr. Zelenko explaining how the combination of quercetin and vitamin C together is a powerful zinc ionophore gun which delivers zinc, the bullet, into the cell where the virus is. Zinc blocks the virus from getting into the cell. Quercetin and vitamin C together are a safe over-the-counter alternative to hydroxychloroquine. Access to this is needed when government restricts and bans effective treatments. Also, it has been established that high normal levels of vitamin D is important for warding off sickness and staying out of the hospital. With the dangers of the COVID shot, we need a strong immune system to keep from getting sick. The danger is getting sick. That's when the effects of the bioweapon shot takes over. The Z-Stack will provide you with a defensive weapon to fight a potential virus. You can see the studies and also buy yours today at the link below or at sarahwestall.com under shop. I also highly recommend C60 gel caps, daily zeolite detox, and my probiotic greens to maintain a healthy body, all of which you can get at my shop at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great Dr. Zev, Dr. Zelenko, coming back to the program. We're going to talk about where the world's at. I mean, we know that even though the Ukraine war is going on, they are still pushing the vaccine uh, passports. The, our country, they're putting things in the United States. They're in every state, including the red ones, although they're doing it very quietly. They're quietly going through and putting the vaccine passports through via legislation. And so we, we are, I mean, they're just not missing a beat here. It looks like it, you know, with the mandates, but they just keep steamrolling down. So we, can't, we have to be careful. We have to keep fighting back. We can't let them take our mind off of what's really going on. And so I talked to Dr. Zev about what's really going on, what his opinion is. We dive into a lot of topics, some of them very controversial. He's a very spiritual man. And so we talk about his 
spirituality, his religion, and how that relates. And I just let him talk. I love hearing other people, different people, and what they believe in. And, I, you know, I think I have a lot of similar beliefs. I, have a di I was grown up with a different religion, and I have different beliefs now. But, you know, at its core, I think we, we believe in the, the same basics, and I think that's important. I think that most people, good people do, because that's what you need to have a society that is civilized and that's balanced and that functions properly. People know what's right and what's wrong. And this is the crux of what we're dealing with, is just the basic issues of what's wrong and debauchery and, and evil. And that's what we're fighting. And so this is a wonderful conversation. Before we get into this, it's long, it's a two-parter. I've been doing long ones lately because everybody has such deep things they want to discuss and I'm finding, you know, they want to stay longer and they want to discuss stuff and I, hey, that's exactly what I'm looking for and I want to get deep into this because, you know, if all you're getting is sound bites and on the high level, you know, you're skimming the surface, it's really difficult to grow and to really understand where we're at and this is going to take some hard conversations and some deep thought to really get through these issues. So <laughs> that's why it's longer and I, I just love it. So, but before we get into it, I want to remind you that um, I want you to go to my website, sarahwestelt.com, sign up for my newsletter. That's how I get, I stay in contact with everybody. I'm writing a ton of articles and posting articles and shows and just kind of a whole works thing. I also want to remind you that I have exclusives. I keep putting them up on sarahwestelt.tv and on Ebonier. And I appreciate every single person who supports me by joining my channels then the last thing I want to talk about is the court case that we have going on that we are still raising some money as of me recording this right now. And it's so important that we continue. We are in the Circuit Court of Appeals. It was, remember when 15 of us got all booted off the, the internet on the same day or the YouTube and we've been censored so heavily, but since then it's been way worse. Well, uh, we are moving along. Our circuit, our appeal is due on the 31st and then we will be set to go to the Supreme Court. And we are ahead of most cases. We have a really good case in front of us. It's 55,000 that we need to finish this leg. And I mean, in the grand scheme to protect the First Amendment, I mean, think of how awful it's been over the last couple of years because of the reduction of censor, you know, because of censorship. I mean, all the people who've died from the medical, um, not having the treatments, the election coup, the war in Ukraine, where it's now it's a one-sided narrative that's creating all these extremists. This is censorship at its worst. I guess it could even get worse. I shouldn't say that it can't, but this is why it's the First Amendment, because without it, everything else falls apart, and the tyrants can, can run the world, and that's what we're seeing right now. We need to put some brakes on this stuff and start rewinding it. And I'm just going to keep plugging and plugging and plugging until they tell me you can't plug anymore because somebody else's case got up to the Supreme Court. But ours is, is ahead of, I think, ahead of everybody or almost everybody, and we have a really good case. It's not as political as Donald Trump's case, but our attorneys actually worked on his case, so they know it very well. And our case is um, maybe gives the Supreme Court an out and not it's not quite as political, but yet it covers the same essence as, of, as his and um, but maybe they'll pick his instead of ours, but we don't know. And so for the amount of money that this is, it, it makes no sense. And then once somebody gets picked for the Supreme Court, all these resources can go together and they can use whatever they need because the goal is to reverse Section 230 and give politicians a means to fight. 
because right now they don't even have the tools. They keep getting shut down everywhere because of Section 230. And so until we defeat that, politicians don't even have tools really to fight this other than if the Congress comes together and overturns it. But how, I mean, we got to vote all these people out of office. I mean, you, we got, we have to vote or we got to go to the Supreme Court and they got to show that it's unconstitutional. So those are our options. But right now with who we got in Congress, we're really hamstrung, but the Supreme Court could overturn this because it's clearly unconstitutional because the government is telling the tech companies what to do. It's clear coercion by the government. And anytime the government does it, then that's a uh, First Amendment violation. So, I mean, there, it's a slam dunk constitutional violation. We just have to show them and they have to get the cases. And Clarence Thomas is hinting that, well, he wants to see one, but he's also hinting he has more Supreme Court justices also interested. So this is a good time. I think it's becoming very clear what censorship is doing to our country. So please, with all of that, please go, even if it's just $20, please, 20 bucks, whatever you can, and donate to this cause. Um, I, I would really appreciate it. I said that I, I will pay out of my savings if I have to, and I, I would rather not pay it all out of my savings. I would rather have as much as possible covered because um, I'm not loaded, but I think together we can easily cover this. So I appreciate it. It's, I have the link below. It's a give, send, go, defending free speech. So give, send, go.com, defending free speech. So please go there and donate. And now let's get into my wonderful conversation with Dr. Zev. Hi, Dr. Zev. It's such a pleasure to have you back. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. I, I want to start with Pfizer. Uh, Pfizer is out there claiming now that they have a new vaccine that's going to work for all the different variants and they want everybody to go get their fourth shot, which is horrifying. And, you know, we've already learned that all the media networks have been paid off to say positive things about these shots. What do you think? What do you think about it? Well, Pfizer has no credibility. Pfizer is, is a company that single-handedly has um, laid carnage to the, to the world through its uh, poison death shot. Uh, Pfizer is the one that Albert Burla called Israel the biggest laboratory in the world. And Pfizer documents that have been released show a horrific death profile and side effect profile and the hack documents that came out of Pfizer show that the lot numbers, all different lot numbers for the vaccines contain different contents and different concentrations. They're not uniform. See, one of the jobs of the FDA is to make sure that all the lots contain the same ingredients. In other words, someone in I I I Iowa will be getting the same inoculation as in Florida, right? That would make sense. Except there's a huge differential in what's in each of the lot numbers. And what's interesting enough is that some lot numbers were 5,000% more lethal than others. In other words, 50X. In other words, if one vial lot number killed one person, that same amount would kill 50 people. And if you look at the distribution of these uh, lethal lot numbers. So there, there were 20 states. So out of the first um, 10 states, 
nine out of 10 were red states. And if you took all the 20 uh, states, um, 15 out of 20 were red states. So it seems that there was some type of uh, uh, premeditated choice made who gets the most lethal uh, lots. And also, um, it kind of makes sense because it completely confuses the picture. I always get this question, why is it that uh, some people don't get sick and other people do get sick? Well, one of the answers is not everyone's getting the same things. Or I'll give you another example of uh, uh, Pfizer's lies. We were told that when the injection is given, it's at the site of the injection. However, there was a leaked study out of Japan called the biodistribution study, which showed that not only does it not stay here, but it actually goes through every single organ system. And then they discovered that the number one organ system that it actually goes to is the ovaries. So basically nothing that Pfizer says is true. And I have to tell you, I have to make an announcement to the world. I got some very high level intel that Albert Burla and his company and his connections to the underworld and especially in Greeks uh, are planning to assassinate doctors like me. I'm on top of the list. Um, and the group that they're targeting are those that are pushing pre-hospital treatment because we are like a nuisance, a bug in the ear, constantly buzzing because we're completely undermining their agenda. Because it works. Yeah, you know, if you look at New South Wales, uh, so any doctor that prescribes uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin for COVID-19 patients gets sentenced to jail for six months. And the government tells you, government tells you why? Because it encourages vaccine hesitancy. So another way to translate that to you. Because the drugs work and people get better, and when they get better, they don't want to take the vaccine. So then the doctors who prescribed these medications and help their patients survive are then sent to jail because they they had the audacity to take care of their patients and not follow the government narrative. So Pfizer, in my opinion, is, is just an extension. <laughs> the way I like to say it is the primordial serpent has many heads. And Pfizer and its head, Burla, is nothing more than just the serpent or, or, the, or the distilled distillation product of true evil. And uh, so no, I, I wouldn't agree with that. <laughs> a word that Pfizer says, and here's a, this is for the public. If I'm assassinated, which I've gotten plenty of death threats. Um, first of all, I have multiple dead men switches which will result in the, the release of information, which will be released anyway at the right time, but about natural non-Big Pharma uh, methods to treat major RNA viruses, such as COVID, influenza, RSV, and potentially Marburg. Then I have um, formalized and finalized a treatment approach, also naturally occurring uh, for DNA viruses such as smallpox, herpes, HPV, chickenpox. And I've also formalized a uh, approach to deal with the toxicity of these vaccines 
especially namely the reduction of blood clots and to mitigate the risk of antibody dependent enhancement. Now, all that is already finished and it's gonna be released at the right time once it goes through the vetting process that every product needs to go. But if, if I get assassinated, that's immediately gonna be released. So even though I die, the knowledge doesn't die. And it's in multiple locations around the world. That's for the degenerates that think that they, they can take me out. And even if you do take me out, um, there's a global movement of people that have, have pledged to rise up and intensify the efforts of the movement that I represent. So um, they'll elevate me to a martyr status. I'm telling you this for a reason because it's a really credible threat. No, and I so, understand. And here's another thing, I'm not afraid to die. Because I, unlike you, Borla, and you globalists, believe in an afterlife. And I believe, you know, I'll, tell, I'll share you a, a very powerful story. One of my um, kind of spiritual inspirations was Rabbi Schneerson from, um, from 1927. He was the leader of the underground movement to keep Judaism alive under communist Stalin. And he was arrested and he was tortured because he knew all the information where the underground network was, but he refused to speak. So they took out a gun and they put it to his head. And they said, well, this has made many people talk. So he answered, maybe someone who has many gods in one world, but someone who has one God in two worlds, it's completely useless. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that in this finite world, I don't care if I live 20 years or hundred years, what's the difference? But what is important is how, is how we live. And God, God, God gives us a gift of consciousness and free choice and gives us the ability that in our finite realm, in our finite existence, we can connect to him, the eternal. So I wouldn't sacrifice one nanosecond to appease any putrid, uh, devolved child sacrificing pagan that's the new world order the new world order is nothing more than the old world order the real old world order of paganism child sacrifice and idolatry there's nothing new there no there isn't and let's talk about the uh, Kasarian mafia who that represents who that is they claim or they hide behind the Jewish religion they, they have actually have infiltrated a lot of religions now but they mainly have hidden behind the Jewish religion. I get troll after troll talking about the, this is the Jews, it's the Jews. It's not the Jews. It's a Kasarian, the Kasarian mafia who hides behind the Jews and tries to blame it on the Jews. And when you said that Israel is the largest open lab, that is the perfect indication that those are the people they want to persecute the most and blame. I'm going to say some things that's going to get me probably kicked out of my own religion. But I can tell you the following. I'm not an apologist for Jews, and I'm not a supporter of anti-Semites, but I have a clear understanding of what the role of the Jew is in the biblical historical narrative. Um, and it's a, you know, to be a chosen people, right away people think it's a statement of arrogance, but in reality, it's a big headache. That's what it is. Because we've been chosen, it's a statement of responsibility 
see, when the Jew was created, it was in a time of absolute godlessness. And it was the Jew that brought the, the law, the divine law on Mount Sinai to the world. That's, it's on that that Judean Christian morality is built. The Ten Commandments, right? I mean, no one's saying that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments and, and basically most of the, especially this country was built on these godly values. Yeah. Okay. So in, in my understanding, a Jew has a certain unique job, which is to live by the law. And not only just observe the body of the law, but the spirit of the law. In other words, and by the, by the way, I, I fall far from the ideal. I'm not claiming anything, but we're all works in progress. You know, My philosophy is if you sin 100 times a day and now you sin 99 times a day, that's progress. In other words, growth is, is measured incrementally over time. And, but anyway, the, the point being is that just because you're born a Jew doesn't mean anything. It's the fact that you were given a, a task, a job, a, a, a manual and your job is to live by it and by doing so like I, I keep Shabbos what does that mean well God made the world in six days he rested on the seventh day I keep Shabbos to commemorate that event and people know that they can't reach me on the Sabbath unless it's life threatening and people say well, well I'm a public person why can't we reach it oh he's keeping the Sabbath why is he keeping the Sabbath to commemorate what God did that type of messaging is the job of the Jew. Or look, I came up with a treatment that saved the lives of millions of people, but it's not me. And every time I have a chance to speak, I give credit to God because he was the one that put it in my head. So that's how I view the role of my life as a Jew to be God's uh, uh, PR, you know, <laughs> to spread the knowledge of God in the world. Now, Unfortunately, and I'll be the first to say this, I will never speak about your religion. It's not my role. I'll speak about my religion, that uh, most of the monsters that have, uh, are behind the globalists, or I shouldn't say this, many of the monsters that are behind the globalists or behind the most horrific movements in history, communism, uh, I mean, Hollywood, let's say, uh, they were all founded by wayward Jews. These were the Jews that went away from their God-given task and use their potential to squander and create a lot of evil. They're not the only ones, there's plenty of bad people in every group. I am not an apologist for Jews that are badly behaved. However, to all the anti-Semites who try to use that to uh, vilify and destroy the Jewish people, I might have a very big gun for you. Don't, don't use this as an opportunity to pounce and exude your hatred. At least I have some degree of honesty to look into my own people and say and criticize them. So by the way, out of love for my people, uh, I would say 90% of the Jewish leadership are corrupt. And, and you see that uh, in this came, came out in this pandemic, right? There, most of the synagogues, you couldn't go there unless you had a vaccine for well, that oh, was the same with Christians mean? too. I mean, that was the that? same with all, all, everyone. But that's what? different than the Kasarian mafia that are hiding behind this. Look. And Christianity, by the way, the Vatican. The Jews have always been the scapegoat for uh, the agendas of bad people. 
like the blood libels. Now I, yes. I keep I over <clears throat> and I really like my matzah, but it's without the blood of non-Jewish kids. Okay, but do you know how many millions of people were killed because of that concept that Jews take the Gentile children, uh, slaughter them and use their blood to make matzahs? You know, but, you know, it sounds funny, but you know how many millions of people died for that? I, I know. So uh, there have always been people, <clears throat> for example, why did Hitler hate the Jews so much? Well, I think there's more into that history, and I think it is tied to the Kassarian Mafia as well. Um, yeah. Tell us what you know, or what, you know, your history and your research shows. Well, what did Hitler really represent? Evil. <laughs> okay. But so <clears throat> he believed in the following, that there is a um, hierarchy in humanity. And there's the superhumans, the humans, and the subhumans. He, of course, like Nietzsche, would call them the supermen. He, of course, believed that he was part of the, a descendant of the Aryan gods, which put him on top of the food chain. Therefore, it gave him license to enslave and to murder. And <clears throat> so he wanted to enslave the Anglo-Saxons, the Western Europeans, to serve the master race. And they wanted to vaporize the subhumans, which I belong to. Not only me, um, gypsies, the people, the Slav people, uh, handicapped people, political prisoners, anyone who you didn't like this interest. And so what, what, what did the Jew represent? Well, the Jew represented an absolute law, God's law, which says, well, Mr. Hitler, it doesn't really work that way. See, there's a God in the world and he sets the, the rules of what is good and what is bad. There's an absolute truth. And your worldview isn't consistent with that. So the Jewish ideology, or not even at that point Jewish, uh, I would even say Judeo-Christian ideology at that time, which was built on the sanctity of human life, was a direct affront to Hitler's philosophy. But he picked on the Jews because the Jews were the, the mother of that. You know, we, we, you know, we predated Christianity and, and Islam. We, we brought that law into the world. And so he needed to uproot this, the, the vermin that caused guilt in the collective German soul. Because how can you actualize and justify the murder of, of women and children? And I mean, it, unless everything's relative. Well, unless, unless you're just, mentally disturbed. He was mentally disturbed, that's true, but he represented the collective German consciousness at that time. Well, and also at that time, the central bankers bankrupted Germany. Everybody <clears throat> lost almost everything they had, and most of the bankers were represented as Jewish people, but really behind that, there were the Kassarian Mafia and these pagans claiming to be Jewish people because the majority they own something like 99% of all the wealth in Germany and then they figured out how to keep their wealth while the whole currency was bankrupted and everybody else lost everything so there was a hatred towards them that then they blew out of control and fueled it and did all this other crap that you're talking about 
But that was the Kasarian Mafia, not the Jewish people. And they got scapegoated for that. Um, I, I'm not such an expert in that. <clears throat> I have to rely on your judgment and I don't like to speak about things. No, that's fair. But I, I just wanted to ask you because I think as a Jewish man and somebody who's really centered, I think your, uh, your information is very valuable. And I think it just shows people that the, the, all these trolls that I'm tired and sick and tired of see that Jewish people are like everyone else. I mean, you're struggling, you got the same struggles, you got the same thing as everybody else and it's just BS. But I, I do wanna get back to this uh, Pfizer BS because I had a whistleblower, Melissa McAtee, that was on my show and she released a, came up, you know, showed a bunch of the documents. And one of the documents showed that, that Pfizer knew they had a study that was done before they put out these vials, these, this shot, that there was going to be mass casualties in the nursing homes or in the elderly group. And they had that. And how come we're still at a point where they know all this and they're still rolling out their vaccine? It goes much deeper than what you just said. Because in uh, October of 2020, two months prior to the vaccine rollout, which was in December of 2020, the FDA gave an internal presentation to scientists, which was meant to be secret. It wasn't meant to be leaked, but it was leaked. And on slide 16 of that presentation, yeah. October of 2020, the FDA listed all the side effects of these vaccines. And let me just give you a little snapshot of what it said. Death, um, strokes, heart attacks, blood clots, myocarditis, miscarriages, <clears throat> infertility, a whole slew of the most horrific neurological diseases. And that's just the beginning. Now, obviously the FDA has prophetic powers because if you look at the, um, after a year of data collection, after the rollout, both from the VAERS database, which is the United States uh, government's database that uh, lists side effects, reports of side effects and death. It stands for a Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Um, and the Eurovigilance database, which is the equivalent from Europe, there's a 100% correlation with what the FDA said will happen on slide 16 of their secret presentation two months before the rollout to what actually decent normal human beings experience. 100% correlation is a term for that. But this predates the Pfizer document. It just corroborates what we already know. So there is this, this unholy um, alliance, this evil sharing of a bed between the FDA and Pfizer and perhaps Moderna um, with a 100% correlation of what they said was gonna happen that actually did happen. That's premeditated, that's evidence of premeditated first degree mass murder, crimes against humanity and genocide. These, uh, I'm calling, in my opinion, these people are guilty of war crimes. 
in my opinion, these people should be charged under uh, the canopy of either the Geneva Convention or the Hague or military tribunals. In my opinion, if, and I believe in the rule of law, if the evidence is sufficient and they're found guilty, it should all be executed. Well, and do you think that we have a justice system that's capable of doing this? Are we so broken? Is our country and the world so broken that we can't get to this point? Or is it just a matter of time? You know, uh, we're all descendants. We have a common ancestor, and I realize that. His name is Noah. Remember, there were people before, and then there was a flood, and God killed off all the dirt of the world. And I think we're living through that process right now. And the only survivors were Noah and his wife, Noah's three sons and three daughter-in-laws. And from them issued forth all of humanity. The reason why I bring this up is that if you look through the Old Testament, Noah was given seven laws, which are therefore relevant to every single human being on the planet, since we're all descendants of Noah. What are the laws? Most people know them, they just don't realize the source. Um, you should believe in one God. You shouldn't worship other gods. Don't steal. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Those are easy because how can you have stable society without yep. observing those basics? And the sixth law is the reason why I bring all, all this up is to establish courts of justice that are, will enforce the rule of law. That is a divine order to humanity to have a system of justice to resolve human conflicts and to enforce the role, rule of law so we can have stable society. Just to finish the set, the seventh one is really interesting. It says not to eat of a limb of an animal while the animal is alive. In other words, it's not that you shouldn't eat meat. No, but don't torture the animal. Yes. So from that, I, I kind of extrapolated to respect God's creation and his creatures. God created everything for our use, but it doesn't mean we have to abuse them or torture them. So there's basic just kind of morality, you know, why should we torture animals? So anyway, so that's a sign of borderline personality disorder, by the way, if you, if you have studied that, that torturing animals is a real pathology. But getting back to the sixth law about establishing courts of, of, of law, that are interested in, in justice, um, are we there now? Well, I have to say, uh, I credit President Trump in many ways for buying us some time because he pumped the federal judiciary with over 300 justices. That's in addition to the three Supreme Court justices that most of them were, uh, lived their lives on, on godly values. And so what that did was, or is doing, is it shifted the moral compass of this country away from legalizing and normalizing debauchery. See, I like to bring everything back to the Bible because it's, it's, um, it's my source text for my beliefs. It says that the, the two cities of Saddam and Gomorrah were destroyed 
And there's a whole Talmudic analysis why they were destroyed. So the first suggestion is immorality. Well, that's not right because everyone, everyone was immoral then. So why them? So it says they codified immorality into the law of the land. They made it legal. That, Which that's is what a, we're seeing now. Exactly, exactly. What we're telling God now is we don't want your law. We don't want your morality. I will now normalize that there's no such thing as sanctity of marriage or sanctity of gender or, uh, or sanctity of life. Let's slaughter the unborn at will. Not even the unborn, the ones that are born after up to like a month or whatever. And that's what these ethics professors are claiming. Yeah, I know. That's from the ex-governor of Virginia. He literally wanted to create a, a choice where the mother holds the baby and has, I think, 28 days to decide whether that baby should live or not. Isn't that incredible? I just, that, that's the kind of people we're dealing with. It's not incredible. It's the natural derivation of people that don't believe in the sanctity of life or God. You see, because that's what they're doing in eugenics and that's what they're doing now in the world. Look, if you, I have to be honest, not that I like to kill cockroaches, but the other day, my four-year-old daughter was freaking out. <laughs> Uh, she saw a cockroach and, and I, mean, I, I had to save the day, you know? Now, uh, maybe I should have carried it out and saved it, I don't know. But in the, in the heat of the moment, I stepped on the cockroach. I, I don't know if I'm happy about that, but that's what I did. But that's how these so-called evolved, or what I call them devolved, uh, pagans, child sacrificing, idolatrous monsters, view you and me yeah i know and unless they need the cockroaches they have no problem wasting us or 6.5 billion people so what's so from that perspective killing a month-old infant what's the deal yeah well if we don't have it, it destabilizes society and that's the problem that's what they can't see is destabilizing maybe that's what they like because then they can rule over it more easily. I don't know, but I would think that that just from a common sense, see, they lack common sense because now your world is all destabilized and they don't care, I guess. I don't know. No, you see uh, despots and tyrants and sociopaths, um, the way they gain mastery, control and enslave others, this is playbook, you know? By the way, uh, Netflix came out with a series, How to Become a Tyrant, and they walk you through the, the psychodynamics and practical steps a person needs to take to become a Saddam Hussein. I'm serious. Is it, it, was it good? I mean, was it educational? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I got, uh, not, that I, not that I wanted to become a tyrant, I guess, but I do like to understand the dynamics yeah. of what drives people. So that helps me counteract them. But they but, try to train people into that. I mean, that's their program with their own children. And so the first thing you need to do is you have to eliminate the source of the public's uh, inspiration and strength. 
See, God and belief in God is a big, big problem for them. That's why all totalitarian regimes would destroy religions and houses of worship immediately. Because if I bow down to God, I will not bow down to them. Mm -hmm. And so they impose global fear. They try to coerce people, isolate them from like-minded people, isolate them from loved ones, take away the support network, uh, make it uh, very, very illegal and dangerous to go to worship in a house of worship, but it's okay to go to Walmart. And then they introduce a false solution to the artificial problem that they've created, but you have to bow down to them to get it. And it doesn't work anyway. So it's a very, very astute, psychologically driven, uh, let, let's call it global psychosis that um, has affected, the, they, they got 3.5 billion people. Half of humanity fell for this in two years.